And we're back. I'm Arlene Bynan for Jeff MacArthur. And reality, what is the real deal here on why the stakes are so high when it comes to this virus? We keep talking about, okay, do we get hit by a second wave? How would we handle it? Never mind how we would handle it. How, what kind of an effect it would be? It would be devastating, according to some. Joining me, David Soberman finance professor at Rotman School of Management. David, thank you for being here. Good afternoon, Arlene. Great to have you. You know, we've been talking about the real deal here and stuff that we've changed our mind on, and certainly the financial and economic impact has to be one of them. There's a real feeling and a sense that we're around the corner, and if we do get hit by this again, can we really close down the economy? Who can hang on? Who's going to fall down the drain? And as tough as it is now, it could be way, way worse. What are you seeing as you look into your crystal ball here? Well, I wish I did have a crystal ball, but one thing we can say for sure is the effect of the first four months has been devastating. I mean, the uh, federal deficit is probably 10 times what it was predicted to be. There's huge deficits at the provincial level and at the municipal level. And this is all money which eventually has to be paid back and financed, and it's financed by the taxpayer. So while in the short term this has certainly been a thing which we've needed in order to weather the storm, it's something which is going to cost us a lot of money for a long time. So now the other question is if we go into a second wave, how long will it be and how severe will the lockdown be? I mean, we have to hope that perhaps we might have to roll back from phase three to phase two. But I certainly hope we don't have to go all the way back to where we were in March. No, there's part of it, and we'll get to some of the economic ways that that, that could hit. Let's talk about the, the psychology of it, though. I mean, that is such a big part of an economy, the willingness to buy, people's feelings, and never mind the medical influences of it. You know, to, to get inside people's heads right now, if we have to pull back again, that's going to be a biggie, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that we study as marketing professors is consumer behavior. And one of the things which is pervasive in consumer behavior is inertia. Once people are doing something, it's really difficult to get them to change. And um, in the case of the pandemic, we caused a lot of change because of rules and regulations. But just because restaurants open up, just because gyms open up, just because people are able to go in planes again, that hasn't quite happened yet, that doesn't mean they will. A lot of people have perhaps figured out how to spend time more enjoyably, either at home or close to home. And these are habits that will take a while to wear off. And all of those things don't augur very well for the economy picking right back up to where it was because it's the traveling, it's the going out, and it's the consumption that actually drives the economy. And it also is the thing which drives earnings and drives jobs. So all of those things, even now, are kind of in a dire situation. But if there's a second wave, that'll, that problem will be exacerbated. You know, there was such a push, we can certainly see it in the United States, this push to reopen and we're the economy uh, political team here. And now we're seeing that actually the mask and preparing yourself for it may be one of the most powerful economic weapons. You can go back and do most things if you're wearing a mask. And again, if, if the virus starts taking over, then doors just start shutting. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, we're learning a lot as we move through this pandemic. And I think one of the things that we're learning quite quickly, and we even have scientific evidence to support this, is that things like washing your hands, wearing masks, social distancing, and staying at home if you're not feeling well, all have a massive impact on the rate of infection. And I think the vast majority of people are pretty respectful in Canada. Yes, we value individual freedom, as they do in the United States, of course, but I think people here are quite community-minded. I guess the problem is that there is a significant minority of people that think that these rules aren't for them, and they do. that can create a problem. They just don't believe it. I mean, it's kind of a political thing. They don't believe it. You can see them. I, I personally think I can see them at 50 paces at this point and go, all right, you know, that's where I'm heading to. Let's return, though, to how it may look and just how high these stakes are. We were just talking about the psychological effect, but, you know, there's a there's a real sense that we're about to see people who are not going to make it. Are you looking and do you realize that some people and some industries that we know well, they just might not survive this whole thing? Well, I think industries um, as sectors will still survive, but it's just that individual firms within those sectors might not. Um, for example, restaurants that have to re-sign leases, sporting clubs that have to re-sign leases, and so on. If they're facing that in the next month or two, they may think twice about that and decide to close permanently. And that's the sort of thing which will have a very negative effect on the economy and make it even harder to dig ourselves out of the hole we're, we're already in. Of course, once the pandemic is truly in our rearview mirror and we do have either a vaccine or antiviral treatments that work effectively, then things can pick up again. But in the meantime, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. And especially for people that may have worked their whole lives building a business, this is really tragic. It is sad. What does it do to somebody who looks at, you know, the rules of the economy? This was never in there, was it? No, it wasn't. I think, you know, we could sort of look back and say, well, the last time this happened was in 1919. And while there might be the odd person around that was alive at that point, for the vast majority of us, this is simply an entry in the history books. And we also had, have this belief, probably, that, you know, in those days, our medical knowledge and our medical sophistication was at a very different level than it is today. So something like that couldn't happen today. Well, unfortunately, it has. And luckily, uh, these things don't happen that frequently. But it's something that many people uh, would have never predicted and almost nobody has experienced. And for that reason... Uh, we're probably not very well equipped to deal with this. No, but, you know, economically, we always write about, learn about um, the people who are the champions, the people who said, this is a situation and I'm going to deal with the reality of it. I'm not going to be in denial here. And several years from now, we may look at some of the people who were doing that. Are you watching anyone economically now grab this where you're saying, okay, I never thought that I would cheer that on, but that's going to be one of the winning ways. Well, I think one of the things that is part of being human is learning. 
And while these tragedies are certainly very difficult for us, we do a lot of learning. We're learning a lot about how we can actually manage society and try to keep things going, even though a lot of things have to be closed down. We're learning, for example, how um, our healthcare workers are getting better and better at dealing with people that come down with the virus. I mean, the rate of mortality is lower and people are getting better and better treatment. So there's all sorts of learning going on. And not only that, probably something that hasn't yet been documented, but in terms of developing vaccines and developing treatments, there's also huge strides being made um, in technology that probably will also help us in the future. So while this is certainly a very gray cloud, indeed, as you suggest, there are a lot of silver linings that come out of this sort of thing. David Silberman, thank you for your thoughts. We appreciate it. Take care this afternoon. It was my pleasure. Thank you. David Silberman, finance professor at Rotman School of Management. And there you see, I mean, the perplexity of all this and no easy answers economically. But again, it would be devastating if we get that second wave. So think about that the next time you want to play hard and hungry, fast and loose with this virus. It's it's not a game that you should be playing. We're going to take a break, and when we return, talk about drama, talk about theater, we charity. And we had the Kielbergers speaking out today. They hoped they were going to clear things up. Let's find out how they did. There was some dramatic testimony earlier as the warm-up back for the Kielbergers. 